I'm going to jump straight in just because we have, like we keep saying, a lot on today. All good things. So if you want to find in your Bibles, you can, or I'm going to read things out to you. So if you want to just chill, you totally can too. I'm going to go to 1 Kings 6. And I'm going to be talking about like one of my favourite stories in the Old Testament. Um, does anyone, I did talk about this a while ago. Can anyone recall me talking about Solomon's temple a while ago? Good, no one can. Oh, okay, cool. You, you get, you're going to get double. <laughs> um, this story, so it's just for me, just for you to understand where I'm coming from, it's a life picture for me. It's a, um, you know how sometimes you feel like you've got a life message or a life picture or a thing that you keep going back to, even if you're on another topic, that topic will come out. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? That's one of the th this keeps grabbing me. Um, so for me, it's a picture of metaphor and it's a picture of community. Who's familiar with the building of Solomon's temple that I'm talking about? Yeah, it's quite long. It's very intricate and ornate. Um, so it's a picture of community and of God's people who are healthy and whole and hosting the presence of God. All right. So I am going to talk real quick about um, 1 Peter. So I've just jumped Old Testament to New Testament. In Peter, it says this, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So I just want to say for me, when I married together that Peter verse about that we're living stones and Solomon's temple, the whole big story, which I'm going to talk a little bit more, I had like a it blew my mind moment. Okay, I don't know if any of you've had this, but for me, I was like, what? <laughs> you know how sometimes you have that and you don't fully understand it when you're reading the Bible, you're like something just hit really hard and I don't actually understand it. But anyway, my spirit just responded to that. So Kings gives us this beautiful picture of whole high grade stones. Do you, are you all familiar with what I'm talking about? So the building of the temple, it says, the stones that were used in the foundation in the walls in Kings, that were Solomon's temple when he was building it, it's, it they're described as whole high-grade stones. Okay, just listen to that for a minute. If you haven't worked out, I'm totally a metaphor pictures person. Okay, so you have to stick with the pictures or just wave at me if you're like, I'm so lost right now. Um, whole high-grade stones, okay? And it says in the Bible that they didn't have a chisel or a hammer used on them. So you know how they were built together to make the temple? They didn't have anything like connecting them together apart from the way they were built in together. Does that make sense? They were built in together for strength. I just want you to keep flicking into your head, I'm a living stone. Can you just say out loud, I'm a living stone. Jesus is the capstone, right? Okay, so they weren't um, chiseled or hammered but they were built into each other for the strength okay i love that i find it beautiful if you want to if you want to do your own homework or whatever on this just think about those words whole and high grade like highest quality okay if you want to sit with the lord about that do that um this is my hot topic. Yeah, again, if you hadn't worked it out. So I'll talk about health and community till the cows come home. So I'm going to have to move off that topic or I won't move through what I really want to say. But um, it's a high value for me. I actually think as God's people, we're connected to the source. 
we should look like the healthiest people on the earth. We should look like good news. Our community should look healthy and we should look like good news. My face, I should have it in my face. I should have it in my eyes. And I'm not talking about shiny and polished and a facade. I'm talking about authentic because we know that life is hard sometimes, isn't it? But that jo our joy and our hope is just a thing that's always in there. Do you, get, do you understand what I'm saying? Again, I could go, go, go on this, but I'm just going to leave it today because I won't stop. Um, yeah, moving on. Okay, so Solomon's temple, the building of the temple. I've chopped this story into four parts. Sorry about that, just chopped it up. If you're taking notes, this is the first thing I'm going to talk about. It's sacrifice and devotion to God. And my little thing on that is that it invites presence. We talk about a lot here being a people of his presence. So I'm going to talk all about presence today. All of my points are going to be about presence. Okay, this first one, sacrifice and devotion to God invites presence. So who's Solomon? He's David's son, right? He has that famous encounter with God in chapter 3. We're told that Solomon goes and offers a thousand burnt offerings at Gibeon. And that that night, the Lord appears to Solomon in a dream. And who knows what he says? It's this excellent sentence. The Lord says, ask me for whatever you want me to give you. <laughs> who finds that just the best thing? That's in the old covenant, can I just say, the inferior covenant, right? Okay, let's just pause for a moment, let that sink in. So this is an exchange between God and a man, and it tells us about the both, doesn't it? It tells us something about that particular man, and it tells us something about God. So in this instance, the man Solomon makes a great choice in his response to God. So I'm going to read that to you in a minute. But what does this tell us about God? So this word covenant, remember, is about the relational agreement between people and God. It's the same word we use for marriage, isn't it? So the fact that God invites Solomon to ask him for what he wants shows us a number of things about God, who God is, doesn't it? Is that like the most open question? It's outside of boundaries and it hints also that God likes to give, doesn't it? that like any good father, he's generous and kind towards his children. To me, it tells us about a God who's interested in the desires of the human heart. So I, I feel like God genuinely, when he asks Solomon that question, he really wants to see and hear what's going to come out of Solomon's heart and out of his mouth right now. And this is what Solomon says. Who's familiar with this? I'll read it quickly, then I'm going to paraphrase it. Now, Lord, my God, this is what he says in verse 7. 1 Kings chapter 6. You have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and I don't know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you've chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who's able to govern this great people of yours. Who feels for Solomon in this moment? I do. This is kind of what he's saying. God, you made me a king, just like my dad, but I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm here with your people. There's so many of them. I'm so overwhelmed. God, I need your wisdom and a heart of justice, to be honest, because who the heck can do this job, God? Right? This is Solomon's response. And God's famous response is this. 
It says, the Lord was pleased with what Solomon had asked. And God said, since you've not asked, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth, and you haven't asked for the death of your enemies, but you've asked for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you've asked. I'll give you the wise discerning heart. There'll never be anyone like you, or nor will they ever be. And I will give you what you have not asked for, wealth and honour. So in your lifetime, you'll have no equal among kings. And so I just want to talk about this. Solomon's prayer is a response to presence. Yeah? Yeah. So his prayer shows humility and dependency on God. So we need to be in the presence of God regularly in our lives. I'm not talking anything new today, but I'm just, it's just a reminder. If we want to be a people of his presence, we have to regularly be in his presence. And I just want to say this too. Liam has said quite a few times now, um, what did you say? It's the Martha and Mary picture about, you know, ordering sandwiches Jesus never ordered. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? So there's Martha and Mary, Jesus is there. Mary goes, uh, Martha goes straight to work doing the stuff. And what does Mary do? She sits at the feet of Jesus, right? That picture is so important. This is what we're talking about. So being in the presence of God, I would say we all have lists of things we need to ask God about and our agendas and all this stuff. But to me, that picture of just sitting at his feet and just saying, I love you, this is what I'm talking about, of being in the presence. This is where, where we start. This is what we're on about, yeah? <clears throat> just practice that. And can I just say again, it takes time. So this actually being in his presence is going to take some of your time. That's where I see a bit of the sacrifice, the devotion. You know, Solomon, he sacrificed and he was devoted. We need to sacrifice some time rather than try and squeeze him into our busy lives. Right. Have a, have a look at your week and go, I pray in the car. I multitask. I do these other things. I hear the Lord as I, because he's so gracious. He'll talk to us anytime. I hear him say this and that and the other. But if you haven't got some time where you just sit at his feet, the agendas go down and you just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's being in his presence. Thanks. <laughs> this is how we invite, because what happened next to Solomon was after his sacrifice, the thousand things at Gibeon, he has his dream. Sacrifice invites encounter. Okay? If you're like, I never have dreams. I, I haven't encountered the Lord in a powerful way in a long time. Sacrifice invites encounter. Okay? I want it. I want it. And it must cost me something. Surely it's got to cost me something. So for me, it's going to cost me in my busy, busy life, my busy, important life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It has to cost me something. Your spirituality takes time. Time is the essential ingredient. All right, again, I'll stop on that one. <laughs> okay, so then we know in the story what God does for Solomon and how um, is the, the picture of his wealth and his riches, right? To me, it's like that is a metaphor of it's the physical picture of the justice and discernment that he had. It's like the spiritual riches were shown in a physical way. Do you get what I mean? They match. Does that make sense? So Solomon only got these things by his sacrifice and devotion to God. 
So I'm just like, hey, there's the, the physical representation. Wouldn't you want to have spiritually those riches? Do you get what I'm saying? Everything's metaphor for me. Everything's a picture, right? All right, cool. Okay, the next point I have is the foundation and the purpose of the temple, which I'm going to call um, host his presence. So we've got um, invite, inviting his presence, response to his presence. We've got hosting his presence. I love this. This is my favourite. Once the temple is built, we read the amazing account of what happens next. The priests move the ark in and in chapter 8, who knows what happens? The cloud fills the temple of the Lord. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud and because of the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Which is amazing. I mean, do we not want that day where we can't do anything because God's here? <laughs> It'd be a great day. Great, great day. I want that day. Um, Solomon, Solomon spends chapter 8, so it's a really long chapter, just dedicating the temple to the Lord. This is what happens next. You can read it. It's well worth the read, but read it in your own time. I'm going to skip to chapter 9, where the Lord responds to Solomon's prayer of dedication. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, When Solomon had finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, he'd achieved all he desired to do. The Lord appeared to him a second time as he had to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard the prayer and plea you have made before me. I've consecrated this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Did you just hear what I just said? Name, eyes, heart. Again, keep flipping into I'm a living stone. This temple thing is not just a historical story of things that happened, which it is but it's also today and it's now, isn't it? We're the temple, aren't we, right? I'll put my name, my eyes and my heart will always be there. Now, when I read this, again, something like hit in my spirit and I was like, I just don't understand that. So I have to always, this is how I read the Bible, have to go and sit in it, read and try and work out and ask the Lord, what does this mean? I just want to talk about the name of the Lord first. So God has a lot of names, doesn't he? Um, I don't know, who wants, who's, all the Jehovah names, who's got one they can yell out? Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. What, what does it mean, Rachel? Provider. Provider. Anyone else? Rafa. Rafa. What does that mean, Liam? That's your thing. And one of your things. Anyone else? Yes. I don't know who said that. And what does it mean? Don't know. What does it mean? Oh, okay, cool. Yes? The Lord my banner. The Lord, my banner. Anyone else? I There's a few. I love Jehovah Shammah. It just means God is really here. I love that one. My favourite. Um, okay. So the thing, so he's got a lot of names, hasn't he? In all the Jehovah names and even the Comforter and all the many things that God is known to us as. So the thing that with his name is that it's not just a name, okay? It's the manifestation of his character, all right? So Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, is not just something he does, it's who he is. Does that make sense? Um, this is how the NIV said it. The name of the Lord has no separate existence apart from the Lord himself in his glorious manifestation and accessibility to his people. 
Isn't that beautiful? So when the Lord says, my name will never depart the temple, he's saying me and all of who I am and my character and the manifestation of me will never leave. Okay. (laughs) There's no separation from his name and his character is good. It's good news. So, yeah, it's the outworking of who he is. If he says, my name will never depart the temple, that's what he's saying. Me and all of me and all the characteristics of me and the manifestation and the outworking of me will never leave the temple. Again, remember, you're a living stone. We're all the temple. This is really good news. So this is why, as his people, we are invited to pray by calling on his name, the Lord who protects the name of the Lord that saves his saving acts, testify that his name is near. The godly trust in his name, we rejoice in his name, we sing praises of his name. So for God to say that his name will be in the temple forever is just saying the manifestation of his character and of who God is will be here always. I love it. I love it. You could totally sit in that for months if you do like Bible homework kind of in your own time. Just do that. The name of the Lord. Okay, eyes and the heart. This is the thing that he says in that verse as well. My eyes and my heart will always be there. So if you read Solomon's dedication, you'll find that he asks for God's eyes to be open day and night towards the temple. And so then when God promises his eyes and his heart, he's really saying this, my attention and my love are directed towards you all the time. So of course, when we speak of the temple, we're not just talking about a building, we're talking about us as living stones, the place that God desires to dwell. And he promises that his his attention, his eye is on us and his heart is always toward us. So beautiful, it's stunning this promise. The other thing that I think when his eye and his heart are here with us, that we see and we love like he does. Does that make sense? His his eye comes, his, his attention's on us and his love's directed to us. And then we get his eye, his lens, and we get his heart. So this brings me to my last thing. I think it is the purpose and the outworking of the presence. So we know that it's not just meant to stay in here, don't we? It's to be poured out as we bring the kingdom. So which is we bring the generous rule and reign of a good king into the world and we do it one person at a time. So we bring the kingdom by having the heart and the lens of God, don't we? So we learn it in the temple. We learn it here because we just get saturated with it, like this morning in worship when it's like his attention and his eyes here and he's just like, eh. <laughs> But we get filled up to go out, don't we? And then we get his heart and his eye and then we become his heart and his lens out there to see that person, not walk past them, to love that person. We take it with us wherever we go. So I'm just going to end with these, the, my, the four points if you, if you want to get them now. So one, sacrifice and devotion to God invites presence. Okay. Two, Solomon's prayer. When we're in his presence, we respond well to presence. We respond. Three, the foundation and the purpose of the temple is to host his presence, which is kind of what we do when we meet like this. But number four, name, eyes, heart is the purpose and the outworking of the presence. 
I want all four of these things in my life. I want to have that lifestyle of sacrifice and devotion that I'm always inviting presence. I'm always inviting encounter. I want to be like a landing strip for a plane. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like he's always there, like, just give me the runway, honey, and I am coming in to meet with you. I am coming with encounter. I want to change you and transform you, right? I want that in my life. Then I want to pray like Solomon prayed out of humility and dependency, like, oh God, I just, I just need you, you, you. Then I want to host him well. And then I want to have his name, his eyes and his heart. Yeah. Right? I want to speak the name of Jesus on my lips. I want, to, I want to have all of the names of God kind of manifest in my life. I want his eyes and I want his heart. So as a people of his presence, the building of the temple is a rich picture of us as a community and it has a beautiful pattern if we can see that, invite, response, host, purpose. So we learn to host the presence, we remember the purpose of his presence and then we pour it out on the hungry and thirsty ones, don't we? Um, I just want to finish with like the, my favourite bit. <laughs> because it's just so good. Um, I'll just read it out to you. This, this, so it's in Chronicles as well as Kings, if you want to read this account. Chapter 7 in Chronicles. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not, could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. That, it's like a, it's a cycle. The goodness of God, His good. The goodness of God, encounter, response. The goodness of God, it just keeps on going. And the glory, like it's meant to be like this. And for us to house what he wants to bring, to have the capacity to host it well, I just want to remind you about the living stone thing and how we all are built into each other. We're built in together for strength, to fortify. So when he does come, we can hold it. We won't like explode out to the sides. We'll hold it, we'll host it well, we'll keep on saying his love endures forever, he's good, he's good, he's good. Response, invitation, response, like we keep doing this and out it goes and out it goes and out it goes and he's like, oh, you can steward that, I have more. Yeah? yeah. This is my prayer. Like it's got to be, it's individual for all of us, this, and then it's corporate when we meet together. And there's something happening corporately. We've all felt it the last few weeks. There's a hunger where, you know, and it's starting to come and he's like, hey, can you, can you handle it? <laughs> can you handle me? Can you handle me being who I am? My, all my names manifesting my character. Can you handle that? It's pretty intense. We've got to let go a bit of control, don't we? Like, oh my gosh. I'm not all together anymore. God's doing, I was struggling. I'm still trembling actually. My whole body's trembling. I was like, God, you can't do this to me now. I have to talk today. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, if he does and I'm out, I'll just have to go with that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've had it since I walked in this morning. I was like, I've got to be ready to look messy. I just have to, and it's going to be okay. 
because I'd rather that he comes in. Amen. Yeah? Sure. Is that good? That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And that, I just really don't even know where to end. I mean, it just said on our running sheet, ministry time. <laughs> um, I would just encourage you to respond in any way that you want. Like, if you're like, hey, I, I need to... God, I need to have, I need to sacrifice in my life somehow. I need to make room for you. I want encounter. I want to invite your presence. Whatever you want to do, you just talk to him who's so kind. I just love it. That sentence just kept running through my mind. Ask me for whatever I, whatever you want so that I can give it to you. I mean, how beautiful is this father, right? So if you just need to talk to him about that and go, That's just so, you're so much better than what I thought and I'm having trouble like understanding that. Just ask him to like hit you with that thing, you know. Liam.